Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The latest tips and equipment to improve your game. The latest from the leaderboards and your favorite courses. This is Golf in the Northwest, an action-packed hour about everything golf. Brought to you on the fan by Laurelhurst Market, more than just your family neighborhood steakhouse. Now with award-winning PGA professional Harold Bluestein, here's your host, Jason Swigard. And a fine good morning to everyone out there. Don't let that uh, drizzle, raindrops uh, deter you. The weather's going to pick up here. Sunday's supposed to be better. I think Sunday morning. Really? Uh, it's supposed to, the rain's supposed to hold off, rain a little bit more on uh, Sunday afternoon into Monday, but when we get to Wednesday, it's going to look a lot like summer. That's good. Uh, a little tip for our listeners. If it's raining and you're on the first tee, don't start. Just go home. Just don't continue. That's my rule. If it's raining when you start, it's not a good day. If it rains while you're in a round, that's acceptable. But, uh, you know, you've been warned on the first hole. If you that's stick true. your tee in the ground and it's pouring, well, that's a big mistake. Yeah, unless there's money on the line at that point uh, or points or something. Or you have to. Yeah, yeah, for some reason or other, you have to go out and play like a, a playing in a tournament or something. Yeah. I don't have a choice. You're raising money for charity, something. You're raising money for charity? Well, if you were, oh, if it was if a were. charity okay. event. Right. Yeah, you're going to be out there. So I'm looking forward to some nice weather. The uh, Anymore, and the reason I bring up the rain is anymore, I just don't feel like playing in the rain. I, I've become a fair-weather golfer. It's more fun to go out when the sun's shining. Uh, sunny and 75. Yep. That's my preference. That's coming. Yeah. Looking like uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and it might uh, hang around for a while. I just want to get out there and get out of this damn boot. It's the last weekend. I gave the doc two full weeks. I've been good. When I'm not here at work, home, yeah. elevated, ice, taking. How does it feel? I don't feel anything, which is good. Yeah. I don't feel. I don't feel pressure. I don't feel pain. I don't. None of that. So. So yes. Tori, Joey, out there at Forest Hills, get ready for a phone call sometime today and see what's available tomorrow morning because well, I'm playing at least nine, and we'll see how I feel. Right foot? Is that it? Left foot. Ooh, that's a tough one. So that's when I'm driving. Yeah, I'm you pivoting pivot. on that. Yeah. So uh, we'll probably take a cart here for a little bit because it's pretty hilly out there at Forest Hills, as right. one would expect great from the Great golf course. Great golf course. It's in, been in great shape. They did all the – they sanded the tee boxes a while ago. They did the aeration of the greens – Three months ago, golf course is dialed in. Um, so give them uh, give them a call. Check it out. Uh, it's easy. Plenty of tee times this weekend at uh, golfforestills.com. So I need to get out there and just start swinging it again and then start to dial things in. 
Yeah, you got a little bit of rust on you? No, you uh, shouldn't. You've been playing. Well, I was playing, and obviously we played at Sheep Ranch and uh, took advantage of the, the giant practice facility out there, too, uh, just working on some things. Uh, made one small, slight adjustment in my setup. Uh, that What was that? Uh, before I've been setting up, so when I got a line to the golf ball, I was putting the ball right in the middle of the club face. And just Isn't that where you want to hit it? Yes, but in the course of my swing, I would end up getting it a lot of times closer to the hosel. So Ooh. I moved it about a half a ball out, yeah. still with inside the club face. It's not just on the toe, but I moved about a half a ball yeah. further out on the club face, still making my same swing. Now I was getting flush, more, hey. more the golf ball in the sweet spot. Yeah, really helped out. Yeah, when I got close to the hole, I had a lot more consistency and control with pitch and chip shots, uh, especially at Sheep Ranch, which right. was nice. Right. You know, the winds knocking you down. I had a lot of thirty, forty, fifty yards pitch shots, uh, and was able to have better control, get them up within fifteen, twenty feet. Give yourself a chance to make some pars. Well, didn't it, make many of them putting on those fescue greens, but. Right. But it's good that you made a change in your setup. Most players would suddenly think, i got to change my golf swing. Well, I can tell you that you can't change your golf swing well, at that Well, that's much harder to do. And, and when you're out there, it's like, I'm, you know, we played preserve the day before, and it's like, why am I hitting it so many there? And you're looking for something to do. It's like, you know you're not going to fix your golf swing on the practice tee that morning when you're playing later F in the afternoon. Fixing golf swings is a is a process. Yeah. It's, it doesn't come overnight unless you're an extremely good athlete and finely tuned uh, <laughs> professional golfer. Uh, then you can make adjustments fairly quickly, uh, but most players cannot. On the golf course, two important fundamentals, your aim and your ball position. You get those correct or adjust those when necessary, and you will play a lot better golf. Yeah, I was I was making more consistent contact, and the ball was going more in the general direction that I was aiming. So it was a an improvement, a slight improvement. Right. Many more improvements to make. But. Well, keep in mind that rust comes in yeah. layers, so you may have chipped off a little bit of the top layer. So let's hope so. So we hope yeah. to pick that up from there. Uh, Todd O'Neill, who is the PGA Membership and Marketing Director for Riverside Country Club out there in Portland, going to join us at our uh, uh, tip segment, Ask the Pros. Uh, we'll get his thoughts on, on knocking off the rust, and we'll also uh, take a look. You know, we focus so much on the public courses, but wonder, you know, a lot of people have uh, picked up golf. Those that maybe played it casually have had an opportunity to invest more time into it and might be looking to, you know, for some membership opportunities. How has this affected uh, country clubs? Are there going to be maybe some more opportunities uh, to join? Will it become maybe more affordable than it's been in the past to join those sorts of uh, things? And are the private country clubs looking at different ways to kind of have their members? Traditionally, you paid a big chunk of money up front you have your monthly dues and you go and you play and you have the chicken feed dinner on friday nights and all that sort of stuff uh but maybe this has forced some of the private clubs to start to look at different ways they can have memberships it'll be interesting to to see his thoughts uh on that uh but more importantly 
We have real life golf. Can you believe it? Tournament golf. It was so nice. Yeah. Thursday, Friday. We're getting ready for more today. So for the first time in about three months, let's go inside the ropes. It's time for an insider's look at the leaderboards. The latest on all tours, plus local golf events and golf news. This is Inside the Ropes, part of Golf in the Northwest. So we began two tours in action. The Corn Ferry Tour is in action, although nobody would know because there doesn't appear to be a television camera anywhere in sight, even though they're playing uh, just up the road from the uh, Golf Channel headquarters. Uh, They're playing at TPC Sawgrass, but not the stadium course you're used to seeing for the Players' Championship. Uh, They are playing the Dyes Valley course. So this, again, TPC Sawgrass has... I don't know how many holes they have at that facility. There's at least 36. I think there's 54, maybe even more. Uh, but this, uh, the Corn Ferry Tour is there. Uh, they had a uh, unusual five-way tie for the lead after 36 holes. Scott Langley, Lee Hodges, Paul Barjon, uh, Ben Coles, and Christopher Ventura. Uh, Some familiar names in there. Christopher Ventura, of course, one of the uh, guys that played at Oklahoma State uh, with some names, Victor Hovland. Uh, played there. He's part of their national championship team. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ben Coles uh, is a name that's he's been on the PGA tour before. So, Uh, but right now they are in the middle of round three and Joseph Bramlett is going low. He's seven under through 11 holes. He's 10 under two shots clear of Steven Yeager. He of the 59 uh, he shot a few years ago in Utah, but uh, Joseph Bramlett and as uh, Ryan Lavner of golf channel just pointed out on uh Twitter, both he and Harold Varner III, two of the very few tour players at the PGA Tour levels of African-American descent, yeah, leading it, tournaments, and uh, wonder if maybe there's a little fate, maybe there's a little something in the, in the air. Well, it would be nice, wouldn't it? There's only been uh, uh, African-Americans have only won seven tour events. Uh, since they've been allowed to play. Are we and, not counting Tiger Woods? Uh, no, I mean seven players who, oh, have won, okay. who have won events, and Tiger Woods obviously right. has won. Uh, Harold Varner has not yet won a uh, an event uh, at 29 years old, but uh, and I guess you might have some audio from him. We but, do. Uh, we'll hear from a lot of players. Okay. Uh, come, we'll do that in the next segment. All right, but, but uh, as far as the Corn Ferry Tour uh, you know, one of the issues we had going in uh, opening up golf was testing and such. Uh, they did discover four cases of uh, COVID-19 yeah. on the Corn Ferry, none on the uh, major tour. Uh, and three of them on the Corn Ferry were caddies, only one player. And that goes and they, those were tests prior to them coming to the site. So it looks like we are going to have some very uh, safe golf out there. It's been a challenge for caddies and players to uh, socially distance themselves. Part of that comes out of habit. Uh, you're just not used to, to those kind of restrictions. But it's good to see golf is back, and there's some really good play going on. Corn Ferry Tour had the – the lowest, what is it? Um, I guess the cut was one under, and yeah. they had. I mean, you're in fifteenth place, and you're two shots out or three shots. Yeah, out. it was a so really it's com- a real shootout, compressed uh, sort of thing there. Uh, a couple other no- names of note: Camilo Vajegas, uh Before the tournament started, uh, a heart wrenching story uh, went 
um, in his press conference, explained his little girl, uh, two or three years old, uh, suffering from some cancer. And so is he's playing with a heavy heart, but uh, is trying to, to play well, get himself back to PGA Tour status. He's three under this morning, six under right now, tied for 14th. Uh, local favorite Andres Gonzalez, our, uh, our friend, he of the Fu Manchu up there in Tacoma. He's trying to get his PGA Tour card back. Uh, six under, he's one under through seven today, again, tied for 14th. So as we've come to know with the Corn Ferry Tour, uh, all these guys, the skill level, we know it's it's minute differences between where they're at, where the PGA Tour guys are at. It's about consistency. It's about um, being able to perform in the clutch. They have all the game. They have all the distance. They have all the shots. It's being able to put it together on a consistent basis, which is the difference from playing there and playing on the PGA Tour. And uh, we're starting to see more and more names that we've become familiar with. Luke List is another one, another young player. Uh, he's at seven under right now who came out. Uh, I believe he went to Alabama. but mm-hmm. um, Yeah, I did. And so huge, uh, you know, a name that coming out of college they think is going to be big on the tour. Uh, he gets out there quickly and discovers the grind of what it takes to maintain a PGA Tour card. And now he's back. And I think with this, we're going to continue to see this a lot uh, as these two tours move forward. Yeah, you will. And other names, Tommy Ganey's out there. <clears throat> Pardon me, Eric Compton. We've got uh, Sam Saunders. You've got some real uh, yeah. quality play out there. And these guys are maybe only a shot or two out of having their cards and playing on, on the tour. Uh, it's it's such a grind, and particularly after taking three months off, it's got to be very difficult. As we're seeing on uh, at the Charles Schwab, uh, some players are able to handle the rust yep. issue and others are not. Yep. Charles Schwab challenge at uh, Colonial Country Club. Harold Varner, the third first-round co-leader with a 763. No bogeys on the card. Uh, his second round might even be more impressive. He triple bogeyed his first hole. And then came back and still shot 66. He's your leader, 11 under par, one shot clear of Jordan Spieth and Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, both impressive. Spieth searching for the form that he had back in 15, 16, 17. His last win on tour was the 2017 British Open. He's been dry since then. He's had two-way misses. He seemed lost on the greens, but all of a sudden, uh, he looked, started to look like his old self, confidence, getting himself close, started to drain some of those longer mid-range 15 to 30-foot putts that when he was winning everything there for a couple-year stretch, it seemed like once he got within 25 feet, he was making everything. Yeah, he was, and then he started to struggle. He could make. Uh, he was the best putter from 20 feet and in, which – there's a, a relaxing sensation. When you're about 20 feet away, your expectations are can be a little bit lower on making it, even though you want to try and make everything. Uh, but he and he did uh, struggled a little bit with his putting. Uh, it, it's really tough when your third putt is longer than the first two you had. Uh, that uh, That doesn't make sense at all. But uh, he is back, and I think you have some audio of him also. 
Uh, we'll talk about that more. It's good to see him back up there. Uh, this is really a loaded it is loaded. Colin Morikawa, Xander Shoffley, and Rory McIlroy all at nine under par. Morikawa, Shoffley, a couple of the young up-and-comers. McIlroy, first time he's ever played Colonial in competition, uh, scuffled uh, on day one with a 268, but then the round of the day yesterday, a seven under 63. Uh, a uh, quick study, as it were. Justin Thomas. Uh, is eight under par. There's a big log jam there. Justin Rose, Gary Woodland uh, there. Early this morning, Chesson Hadley going out. He's six under through 14. He's joined the group at eight under. So the low scores continue. If the wind is down, the temperatures stay up. There's not much defense for Colonial at 7,100 yards. Uh, and so as th- the only defense is tree line, narrow fairways, right. shot making course, uh, that's becoming less of a shot making course. We'll talk about DeChambeau, who looks like he wants to play starting linebacker uh, now uh, bulking up. It's interesting uh, what he's going through and his uh, his scientific mind his latest he's going to be a tinkerer just like Phil is and has been in a different standpoint right they are hyper aggressive in their analysis of what it takes what the club and the golf ball does when they connect and what the body does bringing force to the club and when it connects with the ball um yeah, he's going to be a tinker Phil Phil lost weight Duchambeau's yeah. putting weight on uh Phil was looking a bit heavy at one time and and old. Well, he's not felt. Yeah. Duchambeau is looking more like John Candy as we move forward, and uh, so his his I don't know what's too big. Uh, he doesn't either, but he's going to push those limits. Wow, it's uh, but he does look heavy. Yeah, no question. Everybody saw that. We'll take a break. When we come back, we've got uh, we've got some post-round audio from most of the leaders there. And uh, coming up at 8.30 in our tips, Todd O'Neill uh, from Riverside Country Club going to join us there. Just getting started. It's Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. 8.20 this morning. Jason Swigart, Harold Bluestein here with you. Couldn't be more excited to uh, see PGA Tour Golf uh, back available for us. Uh, no galleries here for the first four or five tournaments. That'll be the memorial in July where we'll see fans for the first time. Well, we've got that handled. We uh, we got some wars. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see. Uh, we'll We're going to be dubbing in. Will, Will and I have been contacted by uh, CBS to. Uh, ah. Pipe in, Pro Boys. Yeah. yeah. We're, you got some mashed potatoes. Yeah. You're gonna. We're doing the whole thing. Thank you very much. Right. That's a little clap there. He hit it within eight feet, and we're happy to. There see you him. go. Yep. <sighs> Fantastic. All right. Jordan well, the, Spieth makes yeah. his fourth putt. Well, the guys, the, guys were the guys were asked about that. I mean, that was obviously a big. They the broadcast. We'll get to the broadcast in the business of golf. Yeah. And how they did it. Nance is there. Everybody else is in studios. A lot of the guys are housed at the Golf Channel Studios back in Orlando. That's where Faldo is. Uh, There's I, only five on, on site broadcast yeah. people. And I think uh, Dottie Pepper was on the course with right. them. But I, I don't know where Ian Baker Finch is. Uh, and then I don't know who the other. There's somebody else with an accent. I can't remember who it is. on the. <laughs> they well, they made changes. The. Uh, yeah, aren't that great? But. Oh, Trevor, Trevor Immelman. 
is is on the oh, golf okay. course with Dottie Pepper. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but no, the leaderboard is uh, star studded. Uh, but the man at the top still looking for his first PGA Tour victory is Harold Varner the third. He was asked about uh, the the playing conditions with no galleries. No, uh, no. I wish there were some fans tomorrow. I, I like that. I like that a lot. So, uh, yeah. I mean. When it comes to being around the guys, it's very normal. But when it comes to fans and spectators, that's not normal at all. He's a real social guy. Well, and and so he really feeds off the crowd. And there are players who do and some who could care less that there's anyone out there. Yeah, and I remember him. He got his tour card here initially. I can't remember if it was the first or second Winco. Uh, and he got, I think he was the last guy in. He was, heavy, he was sweating over putts coming down the stretch. Yeah. Um, and just got in and uh, was excited. There were a whole bunch of, you know, little kids running around, and he was, you know, partying up with them and just so relieved and big smile, affable. You just one of the guys you root for, and I think he's one of the few that has – he hasn't been back. Right. He's been consistently earning his PGA Tour card, but he's trying to break through. He's had some huge disappointments. Uh, he was at Shinnecock. He was in it a couple of years ago at the U.S. Open. He played in the final group and just couldn't handle it. Yeah, he has I think some... that was Woodland's Vic. Was that last year or was it two years ago? I can't remember if it was DJ two years ago or Woodland last, last year. Last year. And um, But he talked about growing up and, right. and using those experiences to help him be in position to win his first tournament. I've grown up a lot off, you know, off the course, so it makes it easier to make good decisions that prepare you a little bit better you know, for on-the-course stuff. So, yeah, I'm a lot better golfer. I think I'm just a little bit – I don't really get rattled as much. Yeah, it's really uh, – that's a big point. And we will see how he does this weekend because I, I've been looking for weaknesses in his game. I couldn't find any the first two days I was watching him play, aside from a triple on the first hole, which I think you can attribute to some, some nerves going into that second round, uh, some expectations out he there. He hit all 18 greens in but, regulation around one. Yep. That's, but, a, that's ridiculous at Colonial. Well, but I think the sign of maturity is going triple and then coming away with, what, eight birdies or something. 466, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's astounding. Uh, I hope he does well this weekend. He's not ranked very well in putts per round going into the third and the fourth rounds. Yep. So this is something to be concerned about. He hits the ball an average distance, a little over 300 yards. He a little uh, right around 60% in greens of regulation, even though you said he's hitting a lot of greens now. But where the nerves will take over and when you've got to calm down, uh, will be on the greens. Yeah, he's first in uh, strokes game putting right now at nearly three right. for the tournament. Uh, he's third in strokes gained on the approach uh, to the green. So um, that that's, you know, that's going to stay. And if he keeps uh, hitting greens in regulation, 86%, if he stays up there and gives himself looks, then it's all going to be based on the putter. Yeah, and he did putt well in those first two rounds. Yeah. Uh, it, I was surprised how well he putted based on the stats that I was looking at from last year. But there's your break in time yep. where you had three months to really focus on on you weak find area. Out, yeah, who was who was working on things and who was just hanging out. Right. Uh, the other guy that was working on things. There's some quite a few stories at the top of the leaderboard, but one of them is Jordan Spieth, who has not won since the 2017 British Open. 
uh, back-to-back 65s. He's one shot. He'll be in the final group today with Harold Varner. And he was asked in his post-round press conference uh, about getting his game back to the level that we saw when he was the number one ranked player in the world. I actually wasn't looking at scores like everybody else would be. Um, To me, it's about feels. So I know uh, how the club feels when I'm starting to really gain control of it. Um, There's certain shots that I really haven't been able to hit when I was off, um, that when I hit them in competition, um, whether it's just a a cut three iron off a tee or it's even a high draw wedge that stays right, you know, just like for me, I'm looking for the feels and I was giving myself grace on the, the outcome. And as long as I stay focused on doing that this weekend, um, that keeps me progressing forward. Uh, it's just trying to feel like I'm even in more control of my swing than I was the day before. And sometimes that translates to lower scores and sometimes it doesn't, but ultimately it'll make me much more consistent as I start to get the club um, into the places I want to get to and it feels like it should. Yeah, I, I would say most of these professional players are are playing by feel at a certain point. You better be when you're out there under pressure. You can't be thinking about your swing a whole lot. It's interesting what he said, giving himself grace on on the outcome. And uh, that is something that is very difficult. It's a skill that has to be learned. It's as, as difficult to learn it as any skill in golf, that middle part where the outcome literally does not matter. Uh, and that's what they refer to when they say I'm hitting one shot at a time. That shot you just hit just doesn't matter. You've got the one in front of you that you have to uh, execute. Yeah, there's time to go back after the round when you're evaluating and trying to figure out what to improve. That's when you go back, and everything's on video archive now, so you can go back, and ShotLink's got all the stats for these guys so they can see what they did and and if they just made a bad swing or if there's something technical in there that they sense and their coach and their caddy and all those people uh, that they need to work on but uh but yeah Jordan Speed it, it's a home course he's, yeah. he's from the Dallas area he's played this course as much as anybody so the other uh the other name that's up there in his first time playing competitively at Colonial Rory McIlroy a 268 in round one, and then figured it out, learned quite a bit. 63, a seven under in round two. He's two off the pace at nine under. He is the world number one player, and everybody wanted to know how surprised he was at that round two score. You know, I, I learned I learned a lot about my game yesterday, just those 18 holes, and, you know, you can do as much practice as you want and play as much as you want at home, but until you actually get into that competitive environment, you're never 100% sure of, of how your game is. So I, I learned a lot yesterday, and I feel like I made some improvements today on yesterday and, and, and learned a, a few things. Um, so no, not, not surprised. I mean, I've been playing well at home, and I've been hitting the ball the way I've wanted to. Uh, it's just a matter of getting it to translate out onto tournament play, and it's, it's nice that it has. Well, he was really hot coming into uh, into the pandemic. Seven straight top five finishes. He's right now tied for fourth, looking at an eighth one. Nobody has had a long – the only person that's had a streak of that length or even longer in the last 37 years is Tiger. That's yeah, it. Yeah, I would, Tiger did it like six or seven times. But yep. uh, If he throws another 63 up there, even a 65, he's going to uh, – he's going to be at the top of the leaderboard. I – if I had money on it, I would say Rory McIlroy 
is the guy to look at. Well, you can't put money on it with the Oregon Lottery scoreboard. You have to do it. If while I you're... had money, to okay. Put... Yes, you well, have I've to. I've got start... money on uh, Sung J M finishing in the top twenty. I cashed with Jordan Spieth in his three-ball thing yesterday. Matthew Wolf let me down, though, so we can talk more about that. Oh, uh, really? In the You're business. betting? Okay. I'm, I'm going to start dialing in on golf now that it's back, and there's a lot of stuff and uh, uh, small bets here to kind of figure out how it's working, but, yeah, I think there's money to be made, definitely, with the Oregon Lottery scoreboard. We can talk more about <laughs> that great. in the business of golf. Coming up next here as we make the turn, Todd O'Neill who is out at uh, Riverside Country Club. He's the PGA Membership and Marketing Director. We'll get his thoughts on uh, how uh, Riverside has managed through this uh, COVID uh, shutdown for uh, most things. And on the private side, these these private courses, how uh, they are dealing with it and if there might be new opportunities uh, for people to to take advantage of uh, when it comes to membership as we uh, start to come out of things here. We're just making the turn. It's Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. Tips for your game from award-winning PGA instructor Harold Bluestein. It's time to Ask the Pro on Golf in the Northwest. Brought to you on the fan by Laurelhurst Market. 832 here this morning. Center and Saint to follow us at 9. And then uh, our OSN Classic uh, today is the 2020 Rose Bowl. Uh, for Oregon Ducks football, uh, that uh, exciting game coming down the stretch against Wisconsin. Uh, so that is the lineup uh, here for uh, the next several hours on 1080 The Fan. But joining us now, very pleased to have with us the PGA Membership and Marketing Director out at uh, Riverside Country Club, Todd O'Neill. Good morning, Todd. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Well, I, I, I'm curious. We we focus so much um during this uh, kind of lockdown quarantine period on golf courses just remaining open for the public to go play. Uh, Most of that was being public courses. Uh, A lot of uh, people that were getting out there either discovering golf or rediscovering golf. We didn't focus too much on on the private clubs, and I'm I'm curious how things went uh, in terms of of the members there being able to to continue to have golf open for them, but uh, how the adjustment was on the private side. Um, you know, it's actually been surprisingly good. Um, we're seeing play that we wouldn't normally see at the time of year that we're seeing it. Um, with with COVID being what it is, and so many people staying at home and being able to work from home, and the changes being made from that side. Uh, it's made golf a little bit more accessible to those people that are normally used to going to an office. So, and when you look at not just the private, but the public, but people are just filling up the golf courses like there's no tomorrow. And there's very few things that we can do where you can, you know, essentially you got foursomes that are minimum at 250 to 300 yards apart. So it's probably the safest place you could possibly be. So Todd, uh, Todd's been a good friend of mine for many years and I understand your dad, uh, listens to the show religiously. What's his name? Tom. Tom, Tom. O'Neill. All right, Tom. We're, Good morning, Tom. Yeah, big shout-out to Tom. Thank you very much for listening. Todd, Riverside uh, Golf and Country Club, I was an assistant there a long time ago uh, and was also a member for a short period of time. Uh, great golf course. Give our listeners a little rundown on the, the quality of that golf course. Well, as you know, Harold, I mean, the golf course is rich in history. It's 95 years old. It's one of the originals. It's a Chandler Egan design. For those of you that know anything about design work, he's he's been fabulous. He's got a great, rich history here in the Northwest. 
Um, we're a golf course that is may not be the longest, but it's probably one of the more creative, challenging facilities because you don't have but one or two straight holes, and everything else has got movement to it. So the flow to the golf course is fantastic. The greens are second to none. I mean, they're rolling at you know, just speeds that are amazing and true, and, I mean, it's just fun. I mean, it's absolutely fun. You never feel like you play the same golf course twice. And, you know, we've hosted, you know, we've hosted the LPGA. We've had many big tournaments within, you know, the Pacific Northwest all the way down to the Hudson Cup. And it's one of those places that basically people look forward to playing just because it tests all skill levels and all different types of skills within your game. I think I've been and hit just about every tree at Riverside, and there are a lot of them. Uh, it's pretty tight. Um what do you think is the uh, the most important shot at Riverside? Is it going to be once I get to the green, or is it that approach shot? Oh, boy. I'll tell you what. Everything is set up by an approach, but you don't get to the approach without a drive. So, you know, ball positioning is really important. You, know, you need to know what side of the golf course you got to be on in order to hit a, you know, an approach shot into these greens. And it's not like they're wickedly sloped or anything like that, but there's definitely spots to – to kind of lay out, you know, when I do play strategically, where do I want to miss the shot? Where do I want to leave the ball so I have the best shot at getting the ball up and down? I mean, and obviously scoring is, you know, in order to score, you got to be able to putt. And you never want to put yourself in a position where you're, you know, you got the EBGBs over three-footers all day long. That'll give you great air faster than anything. So we're talking to Todd O'Neill from Riverside Golf and Country Club. And Todd, uh You've got great short game. So, you know, this is kind of the, the tip segment here, and I know you've been playing well lately. I'm looking up uh, your statistics on the uh, the senior no, pro-am. Yeah, and <laughs> and you're getting up and down from everywhere. Uh, I'm struggling a little bit with the short game. What suggestions would you have for the average player? Well, you know, when you take golf, and, you, and if you really want to kind of analyze it or break it down, you think about golf as a, it's a sport of percentages, right? So if you really think about this, 50% of the game is putting. And when I say 50%, when you break down par threes, fours, and fives, par threes takes you one shot to get on the green, two putts, fours, two shots, two putts, fives, three shots, two putts. So essentially 50% of the game is putting. So how do you increase, how do you get better putting? You get the ball closer to the hole. So the closer you get to the hole, the better your odds increase, the better chance you have of shooting lower numbers, right? So creativity with short game, anything inside 100 yards, you know, you don't have to be a big hitter to, to shoot great scores, but you got to understand the creativity of how to get the ball close to the hole and how to get the ball in the hole in the fewest amount of shots. So, you know, the rules of golf say we get to put 14 clubs in your bag. Don't be afraid to pull out whatever club it's going to take to the shot you want. Uh, every so many good players get stuck on one or two clubs when you have 14 options inside that bag. So if you've got any creativity at all, you know, the shorter you fly the ball, the better your odds get. So when you start thinking about the clubs inside your bag, your loft determines how far the ball is going to roll once it hits. So creativity being using odds as your, as your partner, you know, being a little bit more aware of what club to pull out and win and having hit the ball shorter distances versus bigger distances definitely puts the odds back in your favor. So if I was going to spend time on my short game, I would work on creativity and figuring out, you know, how to use all the clubs in my bag versus just one or two. And it's amazing because if you're, if you're good from three feet with a putter, you'll be great from 53 with a seven iron when you're just off the edge of the green. So 
short strokes, long distances, simple shots. And, and Todd, so many more people, as we mentioned, so many more people have had the time, the opportunity to get out and, and start to understand those things, are looking for the instruction, and some now are looking for a consistent place to play. Uh, are there going to be, as we start to come out of this, more membership opportunities? Are the, the private clubs maybe reinventing uh, a little bit uh, how membership works to try and give more opportunities uh, for for more players to come in and experience them? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, from a country club standpoint, you have to look, stand back and think, okay, where do my players come from? You know, the members of Waverly's or the Portland Golf Clubs, they don't come from, you know, they don't come from, they're not coming from Colwood. They're coming from another club that they've had or they've been familiar with for a period of time and they've worked their way into a club that's it's either of stature of quality or a type of golf course and play and obviously location is important but all of our players when we look at Riverside our players are coming from all the public golf courses within our area you know you might upgrade to a club that costs a little bit more money it's got more frills and thrills and that type of thing but our facility really is the outreach of those people that are coming out of public golf courses that are looking to get around in a shorter period of time, and they're playing with people that are avid golfers, people that understand the game, and they know how to get around it. Um, so our, our, our basic growth is coming out of the publics. Um, Riverside in general, you know, we've got, we're probably a little bit more aggressive on the, uh, on the initiation. We're lower than most. We're trying to fill the golf course up. We went through our ups and downs about three or four years ago, but it's definitely on the rise, and the facility's back in a, in a great position in terms of quality of golf course. But, but I'm going to tell you right now, as good as our golf course is, the people within the club are what actually make the club. Our membership is, is extremely special. Um, they're not pretentious. They are, they're the person, if they don't know you, they're going to stand up and put their hand out and say, hey, my name's you know John Smith. Are you new here? Because I don't think I've seen you before. As opposed to somebody rolling their eyes, looking sideways, going, do you know him and who is that? Are they, are they a guest? You know, Riverside's just a welcoming place. It is, it, is the, it is the golf nut frenzy facility. I mean, if you love to play the game, doesn't matter if you're a plus four or a 30 handicapper, everybody's, everybody's invited to the party. So, you know, for me to be a part of doing what I'm doing here, it's been a blast. I mean, so I, I'm, I'm extremely grateful and thankful, and this place has just been, it's been awesome. Well, I remember Riverside as being uh, the friendliest golf course in town. That used to be the motto of the course, and I know it's, it holds true today. Uh, now we're in a very unusual circumstance, Todd. Uh, what can Riverside do uh, based on the uh, current guidelines uh, as far as food and pro shop and such? Well, you know, we're in Multnomah County, so we've been challenged or strapped. We haven't quite hit phase one yet. We, we, we got tickled thinking that we were going to get it on, get it yesterday, get our phase one where we could start to open the building up, and that got slid back another seven days. So, you know, we're really still just kind of leaning on the golf course. But our restrictions have been we, we've extended our tee times out to try to keep the distancing. We've limited the amount of spaces on the driving range to try to keep people further apart. You know, we've done everything we can to try to comply to make sure this is a safe, friendly facility. Um, but we are really anxious to get us back to what makes us special, mm -hmm. and that's getting people around people, you know, because, you know, it's one thing to play golf, but it's another thing to be enjoyed, to be able to enjoy the people that, that you're out there with. And, you know, this place is 
kind of cool because when you get down on 18, there's nothing better than to come in and get a cold beverage, sit down and talk about all the good shots, bad shots, and all the things you wish you could have done different. Um, and that's just who the, you know, that's just what the facility is. I mean, we're, we're so socially connected, you know, and intertwined and, and it doesn't matter if you're 97 or 21, everybody gets along and it's just amazing. So we are really anxious to get through this and get things back open up. But, you know, Riverside's done everything they can possibly do to try to make it welcoming and warm and make sure that people are having a great time while they're here. But, I mean, I'd be remiss if I wasn't trying to push and say, hey, look, we want to get this thing back to what, you know, what we would consider normal as soon as possible. Todd O'Neill, he's uh, the PGA membership and marketing director out at Riverside Country Club. Uh, people are interested in finding out more information, more details about uh, the different membership uh, groups. Uh, what's the best way to reach out to you? Uh, you can definitely catch me two ways. You can either catch me here at the golf course. My phone number here is 503-288-6468, and I'm at extension 3. Or you can catch me on my email, which is T-O-N-E-A-L, T-O-N-E-A-L at riversidegcc.com. Um, if you go onto our link or go onto our website, which is riversidegcc.com, you can pull up all kinds of membership information, but uh, welcome to do tours, get people out, see the golf course, and experience what it is that we have. But like I said, we're re- relatively aggressive right now because we're trying to fill things up and get people on a place that they can feel comfortable with. Fantastic. Well, we appreciate you taking a few minutes for us here this morning, and uh, hopefully uh, Multnomah County will join everybody else in uh, Phase 1 for you here real soon. Exactly. Well, thank you, gentlemen. I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, bring me on, and as they say, stay safe. You bet. There you go, Todd O'Neill from Riverside Country Club. Uh, Thanks for him joining us, and as you mentioned, you, uh, Harold, you spent some time working out there, and and the course is one of the old classics here in in the area. Uh, It is a great golf course. If you want a challenge, I I think Riverside's one of the more difficult golf courses to play. Uh, As Todd said, there's a lot of dog legs on it. you got to know where to hit it uh, off the tee, uh, and then maybe you have a chance to hit the green. Uh, great golf course. I enjoyed playing it an awful lot. Um, there are prettier golf courses, but I personally, I want a challenge, and Riverside has a great challenge. There you go, RiversideGCC.com for more information. When we come back in the business of golf, uh, more on the PGA Tour uh, returning to action. We'll focus a little bit more on the broadcast itself, what you saw, what you uh, liked, what you would like to see uh, change uh, and uh, we'll see who we like this weekend as well as we wrap things up here. Golf in the Northwest on Tennessee the Fan. Which new driver is best for your game? Who makes the best golf here? Where should you take your next golf vacation? Which local course should you get to know better? This is the business of golf every week on Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. 848 here. Jason and Harold wrapping things up for you. Thanks to Todd O'Neill again from Riverside Country Club for taking a few minutes. Uh, next week, uh, we, we were trying to have Jeff Sanders on this week. He said he waiting for some more details regarding specifically the Winco Foods Portland Open uh, in terms of what they might be allowed to do, not be allowed to do. More details from the Corn Ferry Tour on how they're operating. Uh, so he uh, said he'll join us next Saturday. He didn't want to come on and not be able to answer questions we all have, which I totally understand. Yeah, uh, there's a little learning curve going on here, and I think the attention is on the main tour right now, a little less on Corn Ferry uh, because of the the exposure of the main tour. Um, And everybody's learning as they go. Uh, 
we talk about having fans back in at Memorial, they're still going to limit that number to about 8,000 on site, when, which is really almost no one there. Uh, when you consider well, that I've, they can get up to 20,000. Exactly. But I, I've been in that neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, and the problem isn't getting them once they're on the course. The problem is the bottlenecks where they have to enter. There's only limited space to enter. There's not a lot of parking. Uh, there's not a big area where everybody can go and and just kind of wander in so i think it's getting them in there that is the issue and not having 8,000 20,000 people all crammed together at once waiting to get through the bottleneck into the course that's going to be the bigger issue once they're on there they can spread them all out you won't see the grandstands i think like you've seen in the past um We'll see if they have anything and if they do, how it's set up. Uh-huh. Uh, more just people standing and, and more looking like a corn ferry tour event, quite frankly, than than a traditional PGA Tour event. Well, and, and it's going to be the second of two at yeah. Fairfield. So it's interesting. Uh, I was reading about how they're going to change the golf course from, you know, same golf course, two different events, and how it will be different from one week to the next. One will have fans, the other without. Right. Uh, it will be uh, there's a lot of flexibility at golf courses that I'm not sure if everyone's aware of, but we do know that there are multiple tee boxes. There's always a, things you can do to the rough. So uh, the first week, the rough's going to be at about two and three quarter inches and the second week, it's going to be closer to four inches. Well, yeah, we know Jack likes it deep Wrong. and thick yeah. uh, for the memorial uh, there. So yeah, we'll see what they what they can do. Maybe there'll be a, an extra cut of rough, or they'll bring the fairways in. But yeah, and maybe we'll have to we'll see if we can get a superintendent out there or something, somebody that's worked at uh, Muirfield in the past. Well, that would be great. Now, as far as things changing, you and I were going to talk a little bit about the the Ryder Cup, which we're not yeah. yet sure that they're going to host it. They're making some moves that might indicate that that. There a go. Yeah, two things that they're looking at. They want to have a final decision by the end of June, uh, and it's the PGA of America that runs the Ryder Cup. Um, so they're trying to figure out if they could have fans or not up there at Whistling Straits. And then, two, I think they're also going to want to look at these initial TV numbers uh, just for having golf back on, and if they are significantly spiked as they think they are. Yeah that might weigh their decision. It's like, all right, we're going to have a captive. Now it'll be different if football is back and the NBA and the NHL are in the middle of their playoffs as they resume the season. Um, so your attention might be diverted. But uh, the other piece of actual Ryder Cup business that happened was uh, Captain Steve Stricker is going to be allowed six captain's picks. They're only going to have six uh, automatic qualifiers because of the lack of events as well as guys haven't been playing. So I think Strick says, let me focus more on these last few events and see where guys are as they come back and who might be hot rather than stuff events that were played back in September and October of 2019 and points accumulated affecting some guys I got to take that maybe shouldn't be there. Right. And that's a good point. In all fairness to those who have been able to come out of the uh, pandemic uh the uh, restrictions and play well now as opposed that those were playing well 
prior to. So they're trying to be fair in that respect. I don't know what the Brits are going to do, the Euros. Uh, Patrick Harrington would love to have 12 picks. I don't think that's going to happen. It'll probably be more uh, closely related to what the U.S. is doing with six and six. Um, so who who might make it, who might not? Well, we know that Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Patrick Reed, Gary Woodland, Xander Shoffley, and Webb Simpson are at the the top six right now. So when you go seven and eight, you're looking at Justin Thomas and Tiger Woods. So I think you can pretty well figure those are going to be eight players that are going to make it. I don't see yeah. any one of them not uh, doing well. Xander Shoffley is doing well this with week. With Tiger, it's always a matter of his current state of health, too. Right. Yeah, but I. He can I, tweak that back at any given point at yeah. this point. And you never know. He tries to go out and, and says he's ready to go. And if he tweaks the back, then he's done. Well, they can rest him. So they can they don't have to play him in every match. And I think that's what will happen. Um, so who might end up on that team that you, you're not sure of? I, I don't know. Who no, uh, it's going to be all sorts of stuff. I will tell you if Jordan Spieth, if this is. If we see him continue this, what we saw in these first two rounds, yeah, he'll definitely be there. If the, if this is his new level of consistency, no question. If DeChambeau has figured out, he, we didn't even get to him. He looks like a linebacker. He is applying all of his uh, scientific technical brain to wanting to just mash and understanding courses if he can consistently hit at 350 yards and put wedges in his hands yeah. similar to what dustin johnson did dj's a curious one well he did not play well this uh, these first two days yeah no kidding uh he's I, packing it up well and he didn't look very good in the charity event either no. so i don't know where his head is how he's uh going to come out of this i think he's the kind of guy that needs to be motivated uh he will miss the crowds. I think the crowds pump him up. Yeah, I you know I don't know for sure. He's he's, he's a, a hard one to guy. read. He's a hard one to read. Yeah. What do you like this weekend though? As we uh, wrap things up here, you've got Varner looking for his first uh, win ever. Spieth trying to get back. Deschambeau's at ten under. I've got Rory McIlroy at nine under. Justin Thomas at eight under, along with Justin Rose and Gary Woodland. It is star studded. Who do you like this weekend? Well, I I do like uh, from a playing standpoint Rory McIlroy. From an emotional standpoint, I'd like to see Harold uh, Varner win or Jordan Spieth. Uh, I'm I'm watching out for Spieth. If he backs it up today again and goes out 66, 65, look out. I'm rooting for Harold Varner. Uh, thanks again to Todd O'Neill for joining us from Riverside Country Club. Center and Saints up next. Thanks to Will, as always, for Harold. I'm Jason. Hit him straight. Fiji's uh, in Europe. Uh... You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.